Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Yes, welcome back everyone to the tradies, Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary, where each week we chat the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. It's a very good hello and welcome to my co-host, Mitchell. Mitch, there's a lot to unpack. We don't usually get the very good. There's a lot to unpack this week. I've been waiting for six days for this show, ever since you dropped the Harley Reid stuff last week. It exploded the next morning, keen to get through that. Picked up a few new fans while I was over in Adelaide as well. So, so is this before to- or after you knifed Tom Brown? Oh, we going there. <laughs> Where else did you think we were going? <laughs> I thought Harley Reid was the biggest story of the week. No, not even close. Tom's that much bigger than Harley. So are you the new chief? No. Oh, I've never in my life seen you go into your shell quicker. This no. is great. This is so good. You are on the back foot. Tom has decided to resign from Channel 7. Did so a few weeks ago. We're not, we're not on Oprah right now. You can talk like a normal person. And he's going to see out the footy season, I'm told. We haven't actually, I haven't actually seen him since he... Uh, <laughs> publicly. This is, so this is the coach who, who comes in after the game and he's just witnessed like one of the biggest Jared Wellingham on Jordan Lewis like... Knock knockouts and and everyone's talking about it. the first question. The coach is, uh, "What did you make of the incident, coach?" The coach goes, "I actually haven't seen it." Yeah, no, no, that, that, that's you. I actually you've hate those in, coaches. You've come in four days later is- after Tom's resigned and gone. Yeah, I actually haven't spoken to him. I mean, I've spoken to um, him. Oh, haven't seen him. It's a now you're lying to us. Haven't seen him. Have spoken to him. The thing I want to just put on the record: Tom and I are very close. We speak four or five times a day. Very defensive. I, I've never claimed that you're not. <laughs> that's the, it felt like that was the notion you were well, taking. That, that's on you and not anyone yeah. else. If that's what you're feeling, that's okay. you, you need to have so a So I'm going to miss him in the newsroom and uh, it'll be sad to hear those phone calls. Maybe we still can chat every day and we can talk investment banking. I will say Tom has made a wise decision. I mean, that man over the last 10 years of his career, there has been no one else in football yep. journalism that has put his neck on the line. Yeah more regularly and taken the hits and gotten back up and gone again. He's gone out on top. Yeah. I, want I, to put, I, I salute him. I want to mention as well, there is no harder worker that I've seen between 5.30 and 6.30, like the hour before he's on air, yep. is just go time in the newsroom. And I've learned a lot from him sitting about four metres from his desk, chatting through things. So good luck to him and wife Tara and the family for the next steps. Keen to see where he goes. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably see him in the Swans corporate suite areas, given uh, he's going to be working for Andrew Pridham, the Swans chairman. So it obviously opens the the, the door for you at, at Channel 7. And, uh, you know, you're soon to be confirmed as the new chief football reporter. It did, I was reading Domain this morning as I was sort of having my breakfast. Um, and I read that Guy Pearce has listed his home in Middle Park for a sale price guide of $8.5 to $9.35 million. In Middle Park. And I know that you've just moved next door into Albert Park, right mm. on the border. So I think now with, with the extra cash flow that you'll be getting with the Same. increased salary, I just thought something for you and Kate to look at. Uh, expressions of interest closing the 21st of August. Perfect. Uh, Richardson Street, Middle Park. Oh, what a spot. Lo- lo- lovely spot. Yeah. 750 square metres. When's the next open for inspection? Uh, it's a great question. No, what's the expression? It's EOI. So it's a, yeah, okay. it's a silly question, isn't it? Actually, no, Wednesday the 26th of July, open from 2 till 2.30. So okay. if you want a, a second set of eyes, I'm happy to come along. 
no, still a lot to be worked out into what happens next. And I already saw that the Herald Sun's written into the next steps in our newsroom. Our oh. newsroom is a point of fascination, so I'm keen to see yes, which way we go. They've done a list yes. of who could replace. Mm. But so you'll be chief, but who works underneath There you is no decision that's been made. Josh Gablich would be a good choice. Okay. Is that the one you're putting forward? Well, he's the best looking man in- He's an absolute rooster. In uh, in media. Yep. Might be the best looking person in media, actually. <laughs> and I think he'd look good on the screens of seven. Okay. Time to change subject. Harley Reid. Oh. You lit a fuse under the world of footy media for about 48, 72 hours last week on this show when you flagged that West Coast had been made aware that Harley would prefer to stay in Victoria. How did you, from last week when we left the studio on Tuesday to probably the next 24 hours, take us through how that unfolded for you? There's a lot of reaction. I will say I'm glad that I'm off socials. Yep. Because it does sound like- I'm glad for you. Was there a bit of- Yeah, okay. I don't really want to know what was said, and I mean that honestly. Yeah, it was interesting. So- you can almost set your watch to a certain website writing off what is said in a podcast and then suddenly turn it into, and I quote here, a bombshell report. So anyone that listened to the six-minute chat of me talking about Harley Reid last week, there's not one person that could reasonably say that, that was a bombshell report. In fact, I actually went out of my way mm. to say that those specific discussions had been had. I was simply saying that other clubs and West Coast and people around the situation are aware that his preference is not to go to West Coast. That's hardly a bombshell. Like, yeah, any player in Harley's position right now would probably look at West Coast and go, geez, if I could avoid going there, I probably would. And I think you made the point that he probably still will go there and be taken there. Yeah, so if Harley Reid gets, gets called out at pick one for the West Coast Eagles, of course he'll go there. Yeah. I never said anything to the contrary. So I, I learned a little bit more about the media during the week. Not that I'm surprised. In the inflammatory notion of it? Yeah. And then a lot of the people that want to comment on it wouldn't have listened to the actual audio. They yeah. just would have read the report. So we're not doing ourselves a, a favor. In the, I, I think that what we've learned from the last week is that our industry as a whole is largely incapable of having a reasonable and rational discussion without trying to turn it into clickbait. Now, this some would say this is pretty ironic coming from me, given that I'm a journalist and my job for the last 10 years has been to break stories. Yeah. And we'll, I'll put my hand up. We always, you go for a strong hook on stories. You know, the clickbait might be a stretch too far, but you've got to bring people in to engage with your content and headlines have got to have a point of difference often. But yep. the audio was there for all to, to listen to last week. Just on that, we, we heard Nick Geishan, the, the manager of Harley Reid, speak on SEN Um and we've heard West Coast come out. Have you spoken to those guys? Can you take us inside where things are at in terms of where that fell? I had a chat with Paul Connors, who's Nick's boss. Um, yeah, I think he was. He probably would have preferred I didn't say anything. Um, I had a chat with um, the coach of the Bendigo Pioneers, yep. who reached out, um, who said that you know Harley was really impacted by by the the story, which um, the human side of me, which I know a lot of people. Um, would know existed, but does. I felt devastated for him. Well, the last thing you want to do is, is you hear about the impacts that your stories have, particularly when they're teenagers. Never my intention to do that, ever. Um, you know, I, but Harley's he's going to be the number one pick in the country. He's got the best manager in the country supporting him. He sounds like he's got great parents and great mates around him. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll go wherever yeah. he's asked to go. That was never the intention of what we talked about last week. But at the same time, Mitch, like, we have to talk about stuff that's sometimes uncomfortable. Yep. That's the point. And the moment that we stop doing that because of the fear of upsetting people, you know, we should just hand back the microphones and stop doing it because then our listeners aren't getting 
what what we promised them, and that is a look behind the curtains. So yeah, it, for, for me, like it just it is what it is. I said what I said. I stand by every yep. syllable that I said. I'm disappointed with the way it blew up, but that's life, and we move on. I think two people are arguing two different things here. One that Hartley, his manager or his family, has told West Coast explicitly, we don't want to go there, which is item one. The second one is that his preference would be to stay in Victoria. Now, I think yes. everyone's coming out and smashing the first item that there's been some suggestion that Harley, his manager- Has told them. Or the, has explicitly told them, which he didn't say. The second item is, would his preference be to stay in Victoria? And I'm still yet to hear one person this week deny that. I think that was the crux of what you were yeah, trying that, to say last that's week. right. And the irony is it's probably not even going to come to that because West Coast probably won't even have the number one pick. Yeah. Well, do you think that? Well, we're moving closer to this sort of stuff. Yeah. And this is where the conversations will start to ramp up around this. Regardless of whether Harley wants to go there or not, there's still, a, as you said, there's still a chance they trade that pick and go for bigger assets given what else is in the market. There's a yeah. kid, many sees a top five pick in the draft, Dan Curtin, who's a centre-half back who can play through the midfield and impress during the national championships, did himself no harms with his qualifications for the draft. He's seen by many as a top five pick. And you think if they were to trade that top number one pick, you could get a pick around four, five, six in that realm, plus some extra future and number one uh, first round picks that could get you into those conversations. So right now, Melbourne is in a Awesome spot, I think, to, to pursue the number one pick. They've got pick four at their disposal because of the Luke Jackson trade last year from Fremantle. Massive. Fremantle sitting in 15th spot. Incredible. They're just in front of Hawthorne. They're a game behind 14th. So at this stage, it looks like Fremantle will finish bottom four. So that hands Melbourne, given that Luke Jackson trade, a top four pick. They've also got their own first round pick, pick 15 and 23 via Luke Jackson, plus their future first for next year, which if they go around similar, you'd probably expect it to be pick 15-ish. Let's just call it again. So right now you could see Melbourne offering pick four, 15 this year, arguably pick 15 next year, and then something like a sweetener like Adam Tomlinson, James Harms, we've spoken about on this show, who I think are unlikely to be there next year, to get them in that conversation. And every year since 2018, Melbourne has either traded their own future first pick or they've brought one in from another club. They've got history in this space of so you- doing things similar. It helped them get Cozzy Pickett. It helped them get Jacob Van Royen. They've got history, and I could see Melbourne well and truly picking this conversation up in the next six weeks. Do you think Melbourne will have the number one pick in the draft? Right now, I'd say they'd be my favourite to have pick number one. Wow. Yeah. A West Coast too, or would it be GWS? Probably, or, probably or is- West Coast and GWS around the the mark as well. Mm. The Giants. So it sounds like from what you're saying, it, it sounds like to you, it's an unlikely scenario that West Coast do nothing, keep one, yeah. and take Harley Reid. I, I think there's still a chance. Obviously, still a but- chance. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's yeah. I think there's every chance that West Coast trade that pick. They they did it last year with the Harry Sheasel pick. They chose to not take Harry. They took Ruben Jinby. Elijah Hewitt, they moved those picks around and they got busy that way. History tells you one thing that Melbourne have been busy in this space. West Coast did it last year as well. The Giants have shown it too last year with Aaron Cadman. Uh, wouldn't discount North Melbourne or Hawthorne trading up. But I think if West Coast had entertained this, it needs to be an, an early pick involved there somewhere. I like it. Okay, hot start. Uh, as always, before you get started and, and crack into the new look whiteboard, which we'll explain for our uh, listeners in a second, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button and uh, please rate and review the pod. We are appreciative for all our listeners, old and new, here on the tradies. To the whiteboard, speaking of new, now I, I know that there's a lot of uh, our listeners that don't have their visual aid at the moment. The whiteboard has been redone. It's been yeah. revamped. We had the one whiteboard. Now we've got individual whiteboards over each of our, what's that? Shoulders. Left and right shoulders. 
So I'm looking at Mitch's whiteboard. He's got yep. all of your little markings yep. throughout the year from Duday to the West Coast Eagles, Mids, Sava Radigalia, Soldo, Harms, Goldstein. Who was your latest one? Ralph Smith. Who do, yep. you, who do you want to start with? Do you, do you want to put a new one on or do you want to talk about? Well, I just want to talk about Darcy Parrish and yes. what happened today at Essendon and we can get to a couple of yours in a moment too. So I've been banging on all year about free agents. If they get to the midway point, they've had their contract offers from clubs that often, if you don't sign in the next few weeks, you're out the door. I think this year is a little bit different given the CBA. Now reported tonight on Channel 7 that they're closing in on a new CBA deal between the players and the AFL for a five-year con- Chief football writer for 10 seconds and you're already <sighs> you're, you're, you're using our podcast – to advertise your spots on Channel 7 is unbelievable. That is not the case on multiple counts. Just wide, giving you a bit wide, of context. Wide World Sports on 3W 6pm is always <laughs> good to listen to as well. But this year's been a bit different. And I've learned today that Essendon's one of the clubs that is not overly forthcoming or... Okay, so can you paint the picture here? Because yeah. Mason Redmond has just yeah. turned his back on free agency. We'll start with Redmond. He's, yeah. he's re-signed. He's turned down six years at Adelaide. Yeah, you reported that. It's a huge coup. For, yeah. for Essendon. He's re-signed for another five years. They see him as a really important player. Um, and it's now prompted questions, as you, you're getting into, as to yeah. when, if and when, Darcy Parrish will follow suit. Yeah, and people have been asking, hang on, why is it taken until round 20 for Mason Redmond to sign and Darcy Parrish still to be unsigned? Which is a fair question. Given in history that it's usually around the mid-season bio when players make up their call. CBA has been a bit different this year. The AFL is still working on it. Now, a lot of clubs, what happens when a player signs a contract is they'll have a CBA uplift clause in there where if just using pure speculative numbers, if the CBA was to rise by 15% in two years, the player is entitled to that. So if you sign a $600,000 deal in two years and it rises by 15%, your contract's worth $690,000. Yep. And, and all the, the big deals that are done with the star players have those. Yep. So Paddy Cripps' million dollars a year gets a 15% increase if and when the CBA happens. Yeah. Same with Oliver and Petrarca and their long-term yep. deals in Melbourne. Now it's, other clubs, it's safeguarding yeah. player contracts. And it looks after the player so they're not left behind. But not all of them no. have them. And this, Isaac Rankin, the fa- famous one right now, who doesn't have it. Right. And speaking of other clubs today, I've since learnt that Essendon is a club that doesn't put these in all of their contracts. Contracts, and that's what is the thought out there in terms of why they're haggling for Redmond just signing today. And there's been, I guess, a standoff in recent weeks around Darcy Parrish, who's been vocal in wanting to stay. Geelong's there ready at first slip if he was to decide to nick off and, and walk down the highway back to, to Geelong. But he's wanting to stay at Essendon. And that's where the haggling has fallen, in my view. And speaking to other clubs and agents, that Essendon's history is not always that they put these what, CBA lifts Why not, in the do deals. you think, Mitch? What would be the reason behind um, it, other than the obvious, which is saving money? Saving money... Allowing allowing the club to have more cash in hand yep. to go after players when the CBA does rise. More flexibility. And yep. Essendon is seen among clubs right now as one of the clubs that has the most salary cap space in 2023 at their disposal. Um, yeah, it gives themselves more flexibility, safeguards the club. Do you think player managers view – this is not about Essendon, by the way. This is just generically. Do you think player managers view clubs that don't want to put the CBA increases in as, as stingy or tight or, or is it unfair or – it's. Is it just horses for courses? It's horses for courses because, let's say, again, using raw figures, we'll have different arguments. Darcy Parrish is worth $700,000 on the open market. Let's say he signs somewhere. He might sign at seven fifty at Essendon, yep. knowing that there may not be that clause in there. So you get more as a to your principal value as opposed to potential potential yep. should the CBA rise. So it's just one of the little quirks, and, and that's where my understanding is that, that things have been a little bit delayed around those two players. The next thing after that, of course, is the soft cap. And again, not for this show necessarily, given we're talking about traded players, but there's clubs crying out for answers on the soft cap in terms of footy department spending. Recruiters need to be paid more. That hasn't risen since COVID. 
everything else. But right now, just on the Crows and Mason Redmond, as you mentioned, they were among the clubs keen to pursue him if it was to not work at Essendon. They've lost Tom Duday with a knee in the first mm. week of June. Jeez. And Nick Murray just confirmed on the weekend with another ACL. That's two of their key pillars. Shocking in back. They need to now get into the key back market. The hardest thing is now they've lost their second one in the last week of July. A lot of clubs have been into players for months, as we've spoken about at length. It's a hard market to get into given, you know, we think Ben Mackay's probably mind is, is leaning towards Essendon. He's gone. Tom Barras, we've spoken about, you know, Sydney's well and truly in the race there. Well, and, just hang on to that one because I want to get a proper update from you. So for them to get into the market now is is very late given it's been out of their hands with two big injuries. Okay, so I'm excited about the whiteboard that we've been building throughout the years, or the whiteboards, now that we've got two of them, because this is at the time where there'll always be one that we haven't talked about that'll come out of the woodwork. I'm excited for whenever that happens. But now we can start to really pick off on a weekly basis mm-hmm. the ones that we have flagged, staying, going, what the updates have been. So Redmond and Parrish, um, or Redmond gets spiked, Parrish moving closer towards some sort of juncture, you would think. I want to talk about from mine, Jack Silvani. Yeah. So just looking at your whiteboard, I'm over your right shoulder right now. De Koning, Dusty, Himmelberg, Whitfield, Brody Kemp, Elliot Yo, Sean Darcy, Arazio Fantasia. But take us through. There's a good mix. I've got a good squad there. I've got some forwards. I've got a ruck. Tools. I've got some tools. Some zip in the forward 50 yeah, if you I need think, it. I've got some class there. Some players in form. Elliot Yo needs to come back from injury, but you know we can work on that. Um, Jack Silvani. So the footy gods are cruel sometimes. Mm. He's been dropped, finds his way back into the team, kicks four against the best player, best team in the comp. Sorry, the most informed team in the comp, whether well, they won 13 in a row, Port Adelaide, in a contract year. And he's really saying to not just Carlton, but the rest of the competition, hey, here's what I'm capable of. So I look at a side like Hawthorne. We've got Mitch Lewis. They're crying out for a second forward. Yep. And they're not the sort of team that will be attracting huge stars that are regularly kicking 50 goals a year to go and play alongside him at, at this stage. So getting someone who can be a secondary target to relieve a little bit of stress on Mitch Lewis whilst also kicking goals, kicking at 30, 35 goals a year w- would be handy. Just on that. So do they have interest? Are you aware of- I don't I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm simply just saying Jack was playing for teams like that yep. that may have, you know, maybe a, a Richmond with Rewalt, um, yep. you know, going out and they need some help for Tom Lynch. Maybe an Essendon who have been, you know, trialling Sam Wiedemann, but it hasn't really happened mm. and we're interested in him. In fact, bid on him in the father-son in the, in the draft, that's, Adrian yeah, Dora. Yeah, that's a quote. Um, and, then he, and then he gets injured. And so now, it, and, and they haven't put a timeline on, on, his, on his knee. So now it becomes very difficult for clubs, unless they're willing to take a big risk on a player who has played VFL this year, to say, okay, we're going to offer Jack a three-year deal at whatever money they think. And it swung the leverage back towards Carlton. And you were only saying on this show a few weeks ago about how, you know, with Mackay going out, mm. that De Koning and Silvani playing good footy in his absence actually hurt them because it put more strain on their salary cap, which I thought was a great point. This has done the opposite, but it's hurt the player yeah. along the way. So I just I just feel for him that he could have had – no one was going to say – was saying he was going to kick four goals a week for the next six weeks. I tried to, but you did try to. You did twenty four goals. It was ridiculous. But if he if he kicked if he had three of those performances yeah. in his last six weeks, well, all of a sudden, I reckon there's clubs sniffing left, right, and center. I, I still think, by the way, for the record, I still think there'll be genuine interest from other clubs. Okay, but fast it, it, pro- it probably affects his his price and tenure, which is at the end of the day, Mitch. Like that's what players are looking for. They're obviously everyone's playing for flags. Yeah, but you're also looking for you, you jumping from contract to contract. 
Fast forward to October 20, trade period's just wrapped up. We're all having a beer at the Riser or a local establishment somewhere and putting yeah, their feet yeah, up. Yeah, we could find somewhere else. But yeah. Is Jack Silvani wearing navy blue? Well, well, why are you asking me that? Why would you put me on the spot with that? Well, I'll answer it. Oh, okay. Answer it. Robert Walsh, answer it. <laughs> well, but you decided it didn't look like you were going to go. Am I having a good day today? Yes, I am. <laughs> I think, well, one answer is what I would do. One answer I think will happen. I think it's unlikely he's there. Mm, but, interesting. But if Whereas I was- I would probably say he's- uh, Oh, he stays. But if I was him, I'd wait to see what happens with Tom DeConing. Because I don't think, like I've consistently said, I don't think Pitnet, DeConing, Silvani, Mackay and Kerno can all play in the same team. Mm, you have you have said that. So I think you still have to wait it out. Well, yeah. he's. But there's every chance he still stays and uh, Tom DeConing's out the door. I, t- I, I, I will say one thing. Whatever happens, he will, barring injury, he will be playing as a starting 18 footballer in round one next year somewhere. He's just too good not to. Uh, last and one. that's where... In my view, it's more likely that will be outside of Carlton, given the way they've yep. handled him in the last 18 months. You were the first one to start talking about Tom Barras. Now everyone's talking about him. Do we have an update or are you still holding holding fire on this one? No, I'm still of the view that he's more likely to be in Sydney than at West Coast. Adam Simpson's- Amazing story. You said this six weeks ago and I nearly fell off my chair. Adam Simpson's saying that he's a vice captain and he's well and truly well- Part of our footy club, but if Tom's got other ideas and requests to trade, players more often than not get to where they want to go. to. Now, I'm not saying that has happened yet, but every club, when you pick up the phone at the moment, it's, yeah, Barras will be at Sydney. Uh, ben Mackay's leaning towards Essendon. Yeah, I think I can see Radicalier at Port Adelaide. There's just, it's, the wheels are starting to turn a bit and the Barras one is as hot as of all of those. So what are Sydney giving for him? Where do they sit on the ladder? They're sitting 12th. So what's that? They've got pick seven as it sits. It, ha- it has to involve that. And, and I think in the true value, I reckon Tom Barras is worth around pick 10. If pick seven's involved, I would see a world where Sydney would ask for the West Coast Eagles to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars. No, no, that. no, no, absolutely not. If you want, so think if you want Tom Barras, it's pick seven and that's it. Pure and simple. He has got four years left on his contract, which is a lot. Yep. Just one other item. I think so. On, on without being too disparaging here, Sydney did clan in a clandestine manner go after Joe Danaher, yeah, and say that they'd make him a Sydney player, and then bailed when Essendon wanted too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can be doing that again. Yeah. If you're going after Tom Barras and you want him, you have to pay overs for him. Yeah, that, that's a personal opinion. No, that's me. I can see that. Just another whiteboard item. We spoke about Brisbane's midfielders at the start of the year. There was a scenario yeah, early. You put in the Brisbane's year. mids as a whiteboard item, which raised eyebrows. At the time, mainly with me. Uh, De- there was a scenario at the start of the year where Devin Robertson and Jared Lyons are both out of the team. Mm. And they have both been out of the team for large periods of this year. Robertson went back to the VFL on the weekend, statted up again. He's averaging 28 disposals. Now, Will Ashcroft- Statted up. That's a little term. Oh, I am, I'm yet to, is this what the kids are saying? Yep. Statted up. That'll be on TikTok. I have never heard that. I've never, ever asked someone how, how did so-and-so play, and they say, oh, you statted up. Okay. I'll keen to see what people find at Tradies Podcast. Mm. Have you heard that term before? Now Will Ashcroft does his ACL. There is a spot up for grabs now for Devin Robertson, who was clearly before this weekend weighing up his mind whether he takes an offer elsewhere. Yeah. WA kid would have interest out of the clubs in Victoria, I'm sure, if it was to to put his hand up to, to leave, given he's out of contract. But this is the way footy clubs work. Will Ashcroft is out for the next 12 months. He's going to miss the bulk of next year, just given the timing of it. A horrible injury. Tragic, isn't it? Our thoughts are with him. And if there's one kid in the comp who... He's going to put every ounce of his mind into mm. getting back. It's Will Ashcroft. But there's now a spot up for grabs in that midfield. And Devin Robertson, you'd think, would be first in line along with Jared Lyons to come in. So where 
he's probably halfwaying up, walking out the door. This is the impact of an injury like this that could have loose ramifications overnight. Huge whiteboard, as always. We need to now start calling it the whiteboards because there are two mm. of them. Let's get to nuts and bolts. Now, you've held this back. I'm not as sure exactly where you're going on this. All I was told, it was a historical one. So just we always like to try to be honest yeah. with our listeners. Mitch and I have a rundown, which our yep. great producer Scott puts together, which is why we sound as good as we do. And every week we sort of we try to take it in turns, what well, you know, f- fairly, who does nuts and bolts, and we we know who's doing what player. Yeah. And so this week I asked you, Mitch, anyone that you want to do, and I usually get a response within a couple of minutes from you on WhatsApp because you're very onto things. But since Tom has announced his oh. retirement and and you have put more effort into seven. <laughs> Scott and I didn't get an answer for a couple of days, so I said, "Don't worry, I'll, I'll back up. I'll back up again, I'll, and I'll go to work." And I was busy in Adelaide, half half a day on the air. Busy spreading on Adelaide, the spreading the word of tradies. To busy on fight. Adelaide on the piss, judging by the photos of you drinking cruises. We'll get to that later in the show at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I didn't. I might be on socials, but I didn't miss that. <laughs> I put it in the WhatsApp. Yes, yeah. don't don't tell people how I get the stories. <laughs> October eight. 2014, one of the biggest trade requests in the history of footy, completely changed the course of a club. Is that Tom Boyd? Winning a premiership. Yeah, you're close. Can I- The other side. Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin hands in a trade request with a year on his contract after 202 games and captain of the footy club. Can I give you a where I was moment Please. for that? I was sitting in a Deakin University exam for a commerce subject in a in a hall in Grovedale just outside of Geelong doing a uni assignment. So I was 20, 21 at the time. And I remember getting out of the exam, opening my phone, taking off aeroplane mode and thinking, what the hell has just happened? It was a, I can still picture it walking out at this very moment. Because Twitter was alive then, but it wasn't nearly as big as it became, was it? No, it was like, capped on the characters too. Remember the back in the day? Yeah, I do. Um, thank you for that insight into Deakin University in Grovedale. <laughs> I'll go back to my nuts and bolts now <laughs> if I can. So Ryan Griffin, who only a year earlier, was basically made captain by Brendan McCartney. Almost his own decision. They had a tight relationship. He wanted to make him captain. He became captain. And for whatever reason, a rift became evident between player and coach. Mm-hmm. Ryan wasn't the only player. Brendan McCartney, who as an assistant coach under Bomber Thompson at Geelong, was known as one of the most empathetic, nurturing coaches that there was. And that really helped players because, you know, Bomber could be pretty fierce. And so it was, you know, it was good cop, bad cop. Brendan then arrives at the Bulldogs and and the, the people that I speak to, the players at, at the time that I, I, I've speak to, say that he, he be, became almost like another version of Bomber where right. he felt like he had to, drive standards to a you know a ridiculous point to harden his players and make them tough on and off the field. And some some of that, you know, the carrot or the stick, it gets the best out of players or you lose some of them. Anyway, it ended up that Ryan Griffin had decided by the end of the year he went on um holiday with his family to Italy. He's like, I'm out. Melfi Coast? This is great detail. Uh, I don't know exactly, but let's say the Melfi Coast just for good spot. Yeah. Is it? I haven't been. Yeah. You're living in Middle Park and, and, and going to the Melfi Coast. This oh, is I went to Italy once. This is amazing. <laughs> it really, I'm learning a lot more about you. Oh. We're putting together a picture. So this is where it got really interesting. GWS in the background have only recently come into the competition, but already they're getting heat from the AFL that they've got too many kids, mm. young potential stars, and not enough quality 
senior players. And so when it became evident that an AFL captain may want to move from his club, GWS and their CEO, the pugnacious and um, commercially high commercial acumen of Dave Matthews went to work and they convinced Ryan that the Giants would be the place. Two relatively young CEOs at the time, Dave Matthews at the Giants, Simon Garlic at the Western Bulldogs, of course, former dog himself, now the CEO of Fremantle. Yep. They had seen a scenario coming, I think, where Ryan could choose to leave the club, but not many thought he'd actually do it. So then it became, well, what can we get in return? They'd taken Marcus Bontempelli in the draft the year earlier at pick four. Pick one in that draft was Tom Boyd. Now, as well as the Giants knowing that they needed to get senior players through the door, the Dogs also had the knowledge that the Giants were very, very defensive about losing players, particularly to Victorian clubs. As we've seen for the last 10 years, that has continued as a trend. The Bulldogs also needed a key forward and hadn't had a gun one for some time. You think about the likes that have gone through the door. Barry Hall was probably their last one. Barry Hall was exactly their last one. I went through it today. And so they identified that Tom Boyd was going to be part of the trade if they wanted Ryan Griffin. GWS said, absolutely not. Not over our dead bodies. There's no way we are giving you the guy who we drafted at pick one last year. Done. Won't happen. And so trade talks fell apart. And the dog said, well, Ryan's our captain. He's contracted. So we expect him to see we expected to see him day one of preseason. He's a the ultimate professional. He'll fall back in love with the club. I love the day one of preseason line that gets thrown around in trade it, period. It'll be fine. The, these are some of the players coming through for the dogs at the time. Liberatore, Roughhead, Bontempelli, Wallace, McRae, Stringer, Dalhouse, Johannesson, Hunter, Crovat, Smith, Roberts, Talia. A lot of first round picks in there. And then you've got some some senior players in your Morrises, your Bob Murphys, your Will Minsons. It's not a bad crop, is it? Well, well, it's not a bad crop. Now something changes between the two clubs. The Bulldogs say we will pay some of Ryan Griffin's salary. Here we go next year, and our our first round draft pick this year is on the table. So all of a sudden, the Giants are sitting there saying we don't want to lose pick one from last year, but what they're offering us is pick six. This year, so a slide of five a year later, and a ready-to-go 28-year-old captain who they're paying some of the salary off. For me, the Giants had to do that deal, and I think they did very well out of the deal. But that decision completely changed the course of the Western Bulldogs. So October 8, Griffin requests a trade to GWS. October 10, Brendan McCartney is sacked Mm. because of that trade request. Four days later, October 14, the trade is complete of Ryan Griffin and pick six for Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd signs a six-year, $7 million contract, ends up being a premiership uh, player a couple of years later. And that decision to sack Brendan McCartney means that guess who comes through the door? Luke Beveridge. Who- Luke Beveridge, who's changed the course of that footy club forever. Whether you like him or hate him, yep. wh- whatever, you, whatever you think of him as a coach, he's, he's made two grand finals, won one, lost one, for a club, the, the, the perennial battler, you know, that had, had always been on the sidelines, never been in the spotlight with the Carltons and the Collingwoods and the Essendons and the Hawthorns and the Richmond. He's taken them to two grand finals. And had signed as well. He was a Hawthorne assistant, had signed for St Kilda as their head of coaching or director of coaching. Yep. Never actually stepped foot into the joint and went straight to the Bulldogs. Coached a flag two years later. And so, you know, we talk a lot on this pod about moments that, you know, change the course of history with trades and, and you know, ultimate I hate using the term sliding doors moments. The only sliding doors I like is reading Damos <laughs> column on AFL.com. 
It's a great column. If Brendan McCartney doesn't make Ryan Griffin captain, which ultimately leads to their relationship breakdown, I don't think the Dogs win it in 16. It's a good question. It's a good question. And then you could argue that they actually played in the same prelim that year, 2016. So did the Giants get over the line in that prelim? Mm. Sliding doors moments everywhere. I loved it. Those are great nuts and bolts. Thank you. I worked very hard on that. Changes the face of two footy clubs mm. and probably the way of future trading. I really had to pick up some of the slack that you had left from <laughs> spending a bit more time at seven. Right. I'll, I'll commit to nuts and bolts for next week. Well, you better because I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you reckon. At Tradies Podcast. Please Any do. suggestions? Yeah. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Are you, are you bigger on TikTok now? Like, is he, Are you still building? I'm building, yeah. How many followers on TikTok do you have? Uh, not as many as the show. The show's flying at the moment. Do we? Is it? Yeah. That's great. TikTok's either boom or bust. So you can put something out there, we'll get a couple hundred views or it will either go into six figures. Interesting. A bit of background. Overs, unders. Mm. You got anyone? I've, I've got someone I want to revisit. I'm keen to hear yours on these. Okay, I, I want to go Chad Wingard. So I, so I put He's him- had a good few weeks. So, well, has he? Yeah, I mean, I put him on the whiteboard a few weeks ago. Yeah. He was unbelievable in the first half against Richmond. Mm. And 32 seconds into the second half, he kicks his third goal and has his 17th disposal as a high half forward. Yeah. Does not touch the ball again. Is that his last touch? How do you not touch a, How do you not touch mm. the footy for a half when you're probably more talented than most people on the field? He, he Richmond is, came with a wet sail. He is the ultimate enigma, the trade enigma, Chad, Chad Wingard, for me. I look at him and go, I was watching that first half and go, oh my God, imagine him playing for Collingwood. Imagine him playing for Melbourne. Imagine him playing for Geelong. Mm. And then I got... 15 minutes into the last quarter, I was like, has he been subbed? I haven't seen him. Like, I just, yeah. he, can't, the, he can't be at Hawthorne next year. Well, he's year. the last one of the big investments, isn't he? Yeah. When you look at O'Meara, came in, out. Tom Mitchell, they gave up a lot for him for Sydney. Came in when on Brownlow, out. Gunston. Yeah. Came in from Adelaide. Yeah. Did amazing things. Yeah. So he's the last one they gave up. Ryan Burton and a first round pick for Chad Wingard. I reckon there was something else in there as well. Mm. Yeah. Do you see a market where it's sort of like the Jay Gresham type half forward? You know, those in the market for Jay Gresham, if they miss Gresham, they go for Wingard? Or, or how do you see it playing out from here for, for yeah, Chad? Yeah, it could be. I just think, I think, I think it's unlikely Hawthorne offer him another deal. I just think they wait and see. I could see him on a one year deal there. I spoke to Rob McCartney and actually Chad on a segment on ABC earlier this year and and I think the thought was he's great for the young Indigenous players at Hawthorne and he's got great leadership players look up for him, up to him. Yep. And he's a very intelligent guy, Chad Wingard. I think he's an emerging media talent. Oh, no doubt. Deep thinker. Yeah. Um, but in terms of on-field, yeah, where Hawthorne's list is headed and his talent, I could see him at another club for sure. The other one I want to talk to you about is, is Rory Lobb. So, like, I know a lot's been – made of, of his move to the dogs and like people, you know, questioning whether he's playing in and out of position, all that sort of stuff. But like I just wanted to look at him briefly purely from an over unders thing. We think he's on just a bit under six hundred grand from the calls that we've made. Three year deal. He's kicked fourteen goals in fifteen games this year. Mm. And now he's not even playing as a forward. Like, did they end up just going after him because they missed out on him the, the previous year? Because mm. they don't really need him. And I'm I'm just confused as like, he's playing like a $300,000 player yeah. at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's playing like a guy that's just come out from the twos and we don't really know where to put him, but he's filling a gap for us. Yeah. And Jamara's uh, probably coming By the way, I'm more. trying to speak as respectfully as I can about yeah. this because I think I think Rory Lobb's a really good player when he's utilised in the position that he is. But it, it just feels like it feels like they brought him in just because they were half committed to him the previous year. Yeah, that was one last year, I think, by round six. It was basically over the line. He was huge for Freo last year. Leading goal kicker in a team that finished... 
six and won a final. Yeah, so he kicked, he kicked 36 goals, including two goals in the elimination final win over the Dogs. Yeah, Bevo, a big fan. They chase him. But I think Jamara's come on a bit quicker than maybe some of the Dogs thought he may have. The, the talent's always been there, and he's going to be a super player. He's going to be a freak. But he's had an amazing... He's really taken a leap this year. Mm. And I think with Sam Darcy, there was no need to bring in well, Holly Lobb. Yeah, Darcy's going to end up being... What they wanted out yeah. of Lob, anyway. Especially when Cody Waitman plays almost like a third tall forward. He's not. He's more of a Jamie Elliott for me than he is. I was a, just about to say he's Jamie Elliott. He's a small full forward, Cody yeah. Waitman. He's not, he's not a. He's not your pure Bobby Hill crumbing no. forward, is he? Or your Eddie Betts? Yeah. Um, Have you got anyone for? And then Aaron Overs? Morton as well. I just want to talk about Taron Thomas. Now he's on good money, yeah. very good money at North Melbourne. Obviously had which sort of doesn't matter for a club like them. Because no, it really. doesn't really matter who they're paying. No, he's right, got one right year. Now. He's got one year left on his contract for, for 2024. Yep. Again, you talk about ballpark figures. I reckon it's high six, seven hundreds for, for Taron Thomas. That's what the industry suggests that he's earning it at North Melbourne right now. Yeah. That's overs for what he's produced in the last 18 months. But his game on the weekend was a big reason why North Melbourne was so close to winning that game. I can just see a scenario where a club comes for that and says, we'll smooth that out over a couple of years. Now North Melbourne will be left with a decision. Do they want to trade a player like that? Clarko comes in, gets a full preseason of Taron Thomas. Had him pigeonholed as a defender coming into the season. Didn't get him at his disposal. Clarko's missed, as we know. It's a really fascinating one that I'm keen to see how it unfolds. As the, year, as the year goes because on his day and with a full preseason and a good coach like Clarko working with him, I think I think he could be a top five player at North Melbourne still, what he was drafted to do. Oh, he's he's North Melbourne's most talented player. Yeah, I, on, on pure, I'd agree with that. On pure ability. Up there with Luke Davis Uniac, yeah. Yeah, but he's got tricks that Davis Uniac even doesn't have. Like he, he's, yeah, no, no, his appeal is massive. Yeah. I think there's there's just the off-field risk factor for, for Taron. We know that. So that one of his incidents was cleared up in court yeah. with his ex-girlfriend. There's still some, some other things hanging over his head. So it would be one of those, like I could see him going to a club like Collingwood with a really strong culture and a strong footy boss like Graham Wright looking over him and making sure. Having said that, the point that you make around, like he's got Todd Viney as head of footy and Clarko there as coach. Like mm. he's got some experience there to to get him through. The irony of it is North Melbourne might end up being the best place for him. Yep. And he can grow with that, that list. He's still young. I think North Melbourne should do everything they can to, to keep him. And and right now you could, you could see North Melbourne in a world where given how much he's got for next year, they could smooth that out. And North Melbourne always has the whip hand in that, well, We've done more to save you and you mm. could have been playing elsewhere if it wasn't for us. The other one, just on Taron Thomas, that I think should have a go at him is GWS. Now, you spoke before about mm. how many players actually want to go up the highway to play for the Giants. Typically, they've lost players of of talent to, you know, of a talented nature like Taron Thomas. He's got a lot of family in Blacktown. So he was drafted out of Tasmania. That's where he played the last few years of his junior footy. But a lot of his family is actually based in the west of Sydney in Blacktown where the Giants footy club was actually born. So, again, not suggesting there's anything going on with that. The Giants have got... Well, I'd like it if you were suggesting it. The Giants have got picks good. to work with. We know their cap issues um, that have been mostly dealt with. Um, that's one I think I could see working in the future, but no mail to suggest it's happening right now. What's on this week? Um, big game, Essendon Sydney Saturday night. Looking forward to that. Saturday um, scoop? Yep. Okay. Will that oh, change when you take over from Tom? <laughs> how, how many more weeks are we going to do this for? How many more weeks do we have episodes? 
think this is our twentieth. So we've got ten to go. Then there will be ten more episodes <laughs> of this. No decision has been made on that, and I'm looking forward to working with Tom for the rest of the season. Why do you get so like? Why well, do you I start hate talking about myself? We're here to why, talk about everyone else. Why do you start talking like you're in the middle of a press release? <laughs> I love seeing you uncomfortable. It's it's one of my favourite pastimes. What's on for your week? Uh, very relaxed. I'm working out whether I go to the footy on Friday night for the pies and the Big blues. Game. Yeah. Might be one of those games. It's just better to steer clear. If the Blues win, are they in the finals? Mm. But they won't. So we'll have to wait and see. Okay. They can't beat Collingwood. Not with the injuries. I think it's a, it's a long shot yeah, now. The air raid siren is going to see us out for <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Tradies. Please. Oh, one thing. Just quickly. Apologies to our plethora of St Kilda fans that we agitated last week. We were going through their list of top liners. We upset all four of them. Oh, Sam. Oh, You've already annoyed the Melbourne fan base all year, not the Saints. <laughs> well, I was at the footy on Sunday and the good news is when Melbourne are playing, it's easy to get a seat. That's you, a fact. Are we on? That's a fact. Apologies to Jack Sinclair. Yes, we know. And I apologise as well because I had the book and I was yeah. looking through and I didn't get to S. Um, and part apology to Ron Marshall. I think he's on the verge of, he's in the top line of conversation. You can't partly apologise. You're either apologising or you're not. I'm apologising. Okay, thank you. Follow Tradies on Spotify or iHeart or subscribe to iTunes wherever you get your pods. If you want to ask us a question, you can hit up Mitch at Cleary underscore Mitch or you can go and hit up the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts. They are both at Tradies Podcast. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next time. I'm going to go Google Pugnacious. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at Producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.